This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Back to another episode of the Field of 68 Best Bet Show, presented by Bet Rivers, hosted by us, the three-man weave. We're excited. It's a great slate of games today for this Wednesday as we gear up for one of the best slates in the history of basketball on Saturday, folks. I know you've looked ahead already. Oh, it's wonderful. Hey, quick note before we get the show started. If you want some more Weave content, I'm going I'm going to go ahead and plug us. Uh, 1.30 oh. live podcast on YouTube, on our channel. Find it on Twitter. We're going to try to do it live. It'd Technology. We're not the best technological people on Earth. We're in our 30s. Give us a break. Let's get into today's show with takeaways Let's, first. Yes, Jim. One thirty central, Kai. One thirty central. One thirty central. Excuse Time me. Time zones are a, a struggle. We know. Yes, two thirty Eastern, one thirty central. We'll be going live for our podcast about an hour, hour and a half. We just talk about basketball. Jim, takeaways from yesterday. I got a couple, but I want to know yours first. Uh, I'm probably swiping one, one, one from you. I am still confused why so many people bet Lamar. I, I just, yeah, they're bad. Right. Like that was the perfect storm of. Wow, I get to fade a terrible team with an awesome team at a better line. And, and maybe, you know, we're dumb for not making it one of our best bets on this show. We did have it on one of our Action Network bets. Woohoo, hooray. Uh, but man, yeah, I just, it, it never made sense unless it was like people like fully backing the revenge angle, which I think has less value when it's a terrible team against a good team. But I don't know. Uh, that, that was my takeaway, Kai. What about you? My takeaway down goes Marshall Matthew, down goes UMass Lowell, two of the biggest. ATS juggernauts of the season both lost yesterday. Uh, congrats to Rhode Island for beating the mid-major team in overtime at home. And then congrats to UNC Greensboro, who we backed yesterday. Uh, Woo! Feisty. What an effort. I was very impressed by them. I was very nervous in the first half. It looked like Marshall was on the verge of pulling away. But guess what? Greensboro hung in there. Just goes to show you, Matt. Trust your number. Trust your number. Yeah, I did that with uh, with Princeton, Mr. McKeon. I was going to say I'd add that yeah. to your list, but they they lost, but they did cover. Yes. So uh, cover is as good as a win in this business. I guess that takeaway is more of a Iona takeaway that Rick Pitino continues to impress. Uh, when he decides to dial up the pressure, they are tough to score on. Um, I feel like there's a second half Iona betting angle that we could exploit going that he doesn't like bring out the press right away, which I feel like he should, if he had more depth, maybe he would, but um, Princeton is terrifying. Even if you're up six, with um, I'm sorry, I was terrifying. If you're up six with like four to play, the pressure can turn that into a 15 mm-hmm. run very quickly. So, live bet opportunity, I suppose. They're, they should have more depth soon, Matthew. It sounds right. like they might get a couple guys back from Q injury. Back. Uh, I'm seeing some chatter about my hat. Yeah, I didn't have time to do hair because I was locked mm-hmm. in on making some chili this morning. Getting Black fired hair. up in the slow cooker. Can't wait till it's, can't wait till dinner. It's usually, great. don't see hatted gym. This is a very uh, unprecedented moment in weave history. Let's get into the slate again. Pretty good one, I would say, for a Wednesday, you know, midweek. UCLA at Maryland is our headliner, of course. Future Big Ten foes, unfortunately, Matthew. Uh, still hate they're going to the Big Ten. Long travel, Maryland, uh, tough two games away from home. Now back in College Park. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, I like Maryland for every reason except this spot. I, I mentioned this before. It's just they've played, so what, they've, uh, you know, St. Louis, 
Miami and the MTE, and then they did the Illinois, Wisconsin, Tennessee, now UCLA, the fourth leg of this gauntlet of a schedule. They have lost the last two, so it does sort of negate my broader point, which is I just don't think Maryland has a 10 out of 10 full tank of gas right now, and against a UCLA team that is not desperate for a big win, but I think hungry for a big win. They swung and missed at their opportunities earlier this season. That kind of leads to UCLA, Jim. So I don't know. A lot of conflicting factors here. Ultimately, a big, fat, boring stay away. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a tough spot for UCLA, too, with the long cross-country travel and Kentucky on deck on Saturday sure. yep. up in New York. Um, and maybe the antidote to that gauntlet that Maryland's been on is that they're back home and comfortable in front of what should be an awesome crowd at College Park. I know they're, they're very thrilled with the job Kevin Willard's done to start. Two-game losing streak aside, uh, I think they've they're they're pleased compared to last year when at this point in the year their coach quit and they were on their way to one of their worst seasons in program mm-hmm. history. Uh, so I kind of buy Maryland tonight as well. Yep. Uh, market's been a little bit of a tug of war, Kai. I think there's been some money that pushes it up and then it comes back for UCLA. Uh, matchup wise, it seems like uh, Maryland has the guys to handle Hawkes. They've got a bunch of long six seven to six eight guys mm-hmm. they can throw at him with Carey and Hart. And even if you go Dante Scott, you go bigger. Julian Reese, whatever, what have you. Um, so I'm liking the Terps, Kai. I didn't bet it, but I- I'm thinking about going just with a gut bet on the, on the Terps. Yeah, it's a one and a half right now at basically everywhere, including Bet Rivers, our, our wonderful sponsors. Wish it, wish it uh, Terps unbeaten at home. And, and honestly, I was impressed by the efforts against Wisconsin and Tennessee. Uh, you can look at them getting down against Tennessee early, but they could not have shot worse. And those shots were open. <laughs> I mean, they were getting a lot of open threes. Tennessee's defense was great. Definitely didn't allow much inside, but they missed shots they should have hit, and I was impressed they came back and, and almost made that uh, an overtime run. UCLA, highly motivated today. I mean, they have zero good wins, zero outside of Pac-12 play. This would be a feather in their cap for their tournament resume. I do think the Terps get it done. I'm leaning towards Maryland here. I'm kind of bought in right now on Kevin Willard. Next game, UCF at Ole Miss. UCF, very solid this season, one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they have a star in Taylor Hendricks. They have at-large aspirations, Jim. Winning uh, today at Ole Miss would go a long way towards that. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors to it. Um, we, we talked a little bit about how we we think maybe shot quality doesn't totally encapsulate athleticism and length the way it should. But even factoring that in, uh, there, there's a lot of regression coming for this UCF team. No one's making jumpers against them, threes or mid-range. I think they're like 10% below expectation on mid-range and 6% below expected on ex, uh, three-point percentage surrendered maybe going on the road here against a team that's going to be more comfortable in its home environment is where we start to see some of that regression come in. I lean towards the rebels here. They're changing defenses against Matt and UCF offense. It's not very good uh, and has struggled, especially, you know, CJ Walker as the dynamic athlete in the paint. I'm liking the rebels here. Do you think I'm crazy? No, I lean their way on the number. I thought it was a cheap opener. It got that up to six and a half. I guess it's still six at most places now. Um, I just didn't bet it because I just feel like this Mississippi team as a favorite against a opponent that can negate their length and athleticism edge like UCF can uh, does worry me. And I know the other thing, too, that's kind of under lurking here is how healthy, how effective uh, will Deshaun Ruppin be? It sounds like he was more rusty, not necessarily banged up last game. I've, I've actually seen conflicting reports on that. 
I kind of need him to be 100% to fully trust this Ole Miss team. I've been backing them. I think we all have a decent amount this season, but kind of like backing them with uh, uh, maybe if I'm jumping the gun on this Ole Miss team, like they're not the full p- puzzle without uh, without roughing rough at 100% there. All that is to say, I kind of like UCF. I know the shot quality stuff is real, but uh, I that was enough to make me stay away. So lean Ole Miss on the number, but a few concerns made me stay on the sidelines. Uh, Ole Miss has been very good at home. I, that's one of the yeah. aspects you have to look at today. I, I mean, they have a 13-point win against top 50 FAU, which looks incredible right now. They're the only team that's really put them in a body bag. Can UCF handle the ball? Their ball handling has been shaky despite their experienced guard play. Can either team keep the other one off the offensive glass? Probably not. I think it's kind of strength on strength in this one. Talent-wise, I think UCF's right there with Ole Miss. Um, the home court worries me, but six and a half, that's a lot of points. I'd probably lean towards UCF here. Next game, DePaul at Duquesne. Boy, Duquesne has not been great the last two games, Matt. They've lost outright as a favorite at home two games in a row to Marshall and New Mexico State by double digits. Not good. I know Keith Dambrot was not happy after last game. We'll see if you can change it going forward. For me, against DePaul today, you have to know Tevin Brewer's status. He went down last game for DePaul or Duquesne. He is their point guard. He is their best player in the backcourt. He's TBD today. Matthew, what do you think? Uh, yeah, and the, the Brewer injury was what basically was the impetus of the collapse in that game. So I do think he matters, but he matters less in a situation when you have time to prep and kind of reset yourself as opposed to the in-game injury that really screwed the last game. Uh, Jim was seeing the praises of Day-Day Grant. I still think he's a great lead guard. It'd be nice to have both those guys in there. Uh, Joe Reese is back and nearing 100%. I think he's a critical interior piece. This Duquesne team is trending in the right direction toward healthy forever at every other position except the Brewer thing. They also play two teams that played phenomenal against them. Uh, Marshall, New Mexico State. Uh, so I want to hold that against them, but I can't. I'm going to give them credit for I'm not going to hurt, ding them. I'm going to give them some credit for those games. I back Duquesne here. Uh, I think minus two is worth a bet. It's minus and three I know right DePaul now. minus three, too high. Never mind. I lied. Minus two is as far as I'll go. Um, DePaul might be good, Jim. Yeah, they're okay. Right? They still don't have the shot blockers. I think that's an issue. Yeah, and remember, when Caleb Murphy is back, I will be docking DePaul because I, I think he is not a basketball mm-hmm. asset. But uh, also, remember, Duquesne blew out Montana without Tevin Bird open the year, so they have succeeded without him before. It's not like this is a totally new thing. He had the uh, appendix, I believe, was what he was out with to start the season. Like Matt said, they've got time to prepare without him. I did take Duquesne in a lower number here. Two, threes, probably a tad high to to recommend it. But I'm just not that huge on DePaul without their shot swatters in the paint because I think some of their defenses funnel you inside. And if they don't have the guys there to, to swat, then that's a problem. Uh, Kyle, you'll probably be on this, but Duquesne also can dominate the offensive class here. That, that's a big one. They can. Rotroff leads the country in offensive rebounding rate, actually. He's yeah, been a beast insane. for them. Dan Brod said he was a huge uh, missing piece from last year. And if you remember, many of you probably do not, because why would you? Duquesne played DePaul last year at DePaul. I was there sitting courtside. Duquesne was terrible. I mean, they looked so disinterested. Uh, this, this is a totally different team. Presumably locked in. Kevin Easley should be back today for Duquesne. He's been suspended for a couple games. Um, he used to be a big part of their starting rotation. He kind of got benched this season. Maybe he gets a little bit of a, a, a runway to come back today. I don't know. As always, I, I kind of stay back when I see Twitter all on Duquesne and no one on DePaul. That kind of gives me a red flag, but I hope you guys win your Duquesne bets at better numbers. Good luck. 
Western Kentucky at Louisville. Fade Louisville protocol gym is in place. Western Kentucky has arguably the three best players on the floor. McKnight, Sharp, and Acott. Good luck handling the ball, Louisville. What do you think? Yeah, that's an issue. Louisville also can't really shoot. They got to get to the rim. And Kai, there's a 7-6 man waiting to send their shot into the third row. The one hesitancy I have on this, and we've, we've talked a lot of, about it before, Rick Stansbury is a favorite. It's just not very Bad. good. Uh, last 20 games laying five or more. He's only 8-12. and 12. I would have thought it was going to be like 5-15. and 15. Uh, But long term, not a great bet backing Stansbury as a favorite. But he doesn't get to play Louisville very often, Matt. And this team is like legitimately bottom 15 in the country right now by all metrics that kick out priors, whether it's the net, Bart Torvik's preseason stuff. This is an awful Louisville team. And I think there's not a bunch of home edge for a team that's, you know, their fans are probably like annoyed with them. It's not exciting to play in front of these people right. that are like, this team sucks. So I, I lean Western Kentucky as well. Yeah. And Bowling Green to Louisville is what that's, that's not a very far uh, expedition. I mean, here's a quick way to handicap this kind of is Austin P better than Louisville. I don't know. They might be. Okay. Yeah, uh, is East- better than Louisville. Okay. I guess I was Eastern Kentucky better than Louisville. Maybe but I bring be. these both up because Western Kentucky beat them by one and six, respectively. Yes, everything points to Faye Louisville. I'm not going to endorse the other side here. But Western Kentucky, as you mentioned, is notorious for letdown spots, playing down to competition. And it's odd to say playing down to competition when talking about Louisville, but, but that is the case when you look at these rosters. It, it is a very clear-cut disparity in talent. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't fade Louisville, but obviously I'm not backing them either. Do you think there's anything to like, it's not like they're playing Tennessee tech where they're like, all right, this is a team we're better than like, this is a little like big time. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that negates right. it should still, this is what we talked about. Right. It's like when power conference teams go South, they can really go South because every team they're going to play is still going to have the name brand on the front of the chest and they're going to get up to play them. So they're still getting best shots. Uh, look, I, yes, the spread's ridiculous from a Louisville, West Kentucky standpoint. I don't like Stansbury as a favorite. But the fact remains Louisville's 0-9 against the spread with a minus 11 cover margin. Even if that spread is off like three or four points, there's still a lot of runway. Louisville's not covering games by over 10 points per game. I mean, they're getting trounced. And it's against every single level of competition. They're 345th right now in Bart Torvik if you take away preseason priors. So bad. It's so bad. A bottom 15 team. So I don't know if there is a bottom I, I'm I'm going to keep riding it. I don't usually go for trends, but heck, you know, I'm going to force Louisville to beat me today, and and I'll be on WKU. Yeah, right. Like we've we've won against Louisville a bunch, Kai. If we finally lose today, that's fine. But maybe we'll keep winning because they're terrible. Right. Exactly. All right. Chat mob part one. We'll stop talking about Louisville for the Louisville fans in the chat. We're so sorry. Yeah. Apologies. They might be mentioned on our pod, our live pod later, though. Unfortunately, they will be. Yes. Um, all right. We'll start with a question from Scott H. Kai. I'll go to you. South Dakota team that has kind of annoyed us a little bit this year. Uh, they've got some off the court stuff going on with their coach and with a player legally. Uh, they're hosting Coastal Carolina, who could get a key guy back today. Yeah, again, I've seen everyone on South Dakota. Boy, I lean the other way. Um, the only reason you can like South Dakota, in my opinion, is if you believe in revenge spots. Coastal Carolina beat them this year already. And if you believe in travel, this travel is pretty brutal from Coastal Carolina to South Dakota, but it's four <laughs> points right now. Coastal Carolina likely has Antonio Day for the first time all season. We don't know that for sure, but he should be eligible to play after sitting out a semester. I mean, he's going to be their best offensive player immediately. And with South Dakota's uh, player issues right now, we don't dot, dot, dot. You can Google that. Yep. Um, I, I worry about backing them. They haven't looked good anyway. So 
I lean towards Coastal Carolina here. The money makes no sense. I, that is a stinky side South Dakota well, today. It's the same so. as Lamar yesterday. It's like the revenge spot. People people like the team that lost the first matchup, it seems. Uh, Matthew, a couple people asking about Queens at East Tennessee State. They say it doesn't make sense for East Tennessee State to be taking money against a team that's like 8-1 and one against the spread, I think. These these Queens Royals are pretty uh, impressive. Kenny Dye has been fantastic. Do you have a take on yeah. this one? Now, my old self would bet East Tennessee State big here, but this East Tennessee State program is in a new normal um, under Oliver. I'm not throwing shade at him. I just think the expectations are substantially lower, and Queens is awesome. Again, don't fade new D1 teams unless you have a really, really good beat on a squad. So didn't do it. Yeah, I I consider minus two on ETSU, but I would not, not take above that. It depends on where you look. I think Bet Rivers has minus two right now. Uh, next, Kai, you see San Diego going to Nevada. We talked a little bit behind the scenes about this spot for UCSD. It's not very good. They played 48 hours ago. Now they're going to semi-altitude. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a home run spot for Nevada. Uh, I, I backed them. It's minus 15 right now. I'd still probably lean their way. I don't think UC San Diego is very good. Uh, were they missing a player? I don't know if they... Yeah, Jerome Brooks, Brooks did not play. Jerome Brooks, transfer. only their best big man. So if he's out again, <laughs> I think it's Nevada smash. Uh, I, I definitely lean towards Nevada's way. Yep, would agree with Kai there as well. Uh, and Nevada's been on kind of like a world tour and now they're back home. And I usually right. like the home team getting back home in that scenario. Matthew, Sam Houston State at Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Monroe has been way worse than even I anticipated. And I feel like I try to be low on that team. And Sam Houston rocks, so no wonder they're taking some money here. Do you agree with that money? Yeah, this isn't the Sam Houston like two weeks ago, though. Like They've kind of started to level off. I'm not saying they're going to regress, but they're not on the rocket ship trajectory that we saw earlier. So if you think this line's kind of outrageous, which part of me does, um, even as bad as Monroe's been, this is they're laying 12 points on the road. Again, didn't take Monroe, but I think if you're trying to be cute, which is what Matt circa 2021 would do, I think this is probably actually a good spot to fade Sam Houston. You're not trying to fade a falling knife here. I think the the knife is coasting at its you know it's, it's at its cruising altitude. Sam Houston is. You're still cute, buddy. Don't worry. Okay, thank you. Uh, Kai, last one before we go back was, to the rundown, I'm going to tee you up for another maddening close to whack-a-mole team for us, Bowling Green. They are at uh, Norfolk State. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Norfolk State fan. I backed in the last two games to positive returns. Bowling Green, we kind of gave up on, and then they had a home run effort at Hampton. So what, what do we think here? Yeah, in quotation marks, Hampton's not very good. I still don't trust Bowling Green whatsoever. Uh, I lean Norfolk because I like this team, like you said, Jim, and I don't like Bowling Green. That's just a simple uh, bias take by me. Yeah, I I wanted, I wanted got a little bit of five. <laughs> it's five and a half, six now. It's a little tougher than that. Yeah. Um, I'll kick it back to you for the outline and continue collecting questions. Let's head to the beach, beach, Long Beach State at USC. USC, Matt, has been quietly mortal this year. It's almost like not having top flight talent makes them a little bit exposed with the yep. infield as their head coach. Shots fired. Who could have guessed that? I think we did. Uh, beach, though, underwhelmed, in my opinion, a little bit. Losses, losses to Utah Valley, Montana State, Sacramento State. And they got thumped by North Texas and UCLA. But do they hang on here against USC? Not much travel, as I'm sure you'll tell us, Mr. California yes, geography that's right. major. That's right. Yeah, we got to get you up to speed on the uh, middle to northern part of the geography in that region, Mr. McKeon. Yeah, they're back home tonight, Jim. I'm going to take your angle team back home, not at home, but back in the LA area. Travel is basically non-existent. The last two games, uh, tough travel spots, Utah Valley. Um, I'm blanking who's the team. They just, oh, Sacramento State. Should have won both those games. 
this is a tough matchup, in my opinion, Jim. That's my only concern here with the beach because the zone usage has subtly ticked up. Enfield's using more of that zone with the length he has on the perimeter this season. It should be effective against a Long Beach team that can't really shoot. But again, I don't want to overindulge on matchup angles and handicapping here. I love the beach. Best bet, plus 12. It's just way too big. I'm sorry. This beach team is good. This USC team is just not that good. Kai, you've been to the USC home court. Like It's nothing. No one's going to go to this. 20 people go. Right. Yeah. It's a long, annoying traffic bus ride, and then you're there, and then Long Beach competes for 40 minutes. Boom, cover. Next. Yeah. I kind of like the over here. I think it's going to be up and down. And Jaden Jones has not played the last three games. He was the Big West Defensive Player of the Year last season. What uh, Rangy 6'5 wing can guard a bunch of different positions and rebound. Uh, I think with him out, that's a little bit of a knock on Beach, but I still lean their way. And like I said, Kai, I think there's points on both sides. Yeah. My only concern is Beach has struggled to shoot this year, so that's a concern, right? If you have to go inside against USC, that's basically their only strength, their size, their interior defense. Uh, they're fifth in the country in two-point percentage allowed. Beach might struggle to score a little bit, but I tend to think they're going to get out in transition, make this an up-and-down game. USC yeah. wants to run as well. Um, so, yeah, I do lean towards Beach. I would lean towards the over as well, Jim. Next game on the rundown, a doozy. New Mexico State at St. Mary's. Jim, I would say New Mexico State is just about the only school in the country who would be unaffected by their current off-the-court situation. <laughs> they have thrived. They almost beat Santa Clara. They killed Duquesne. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, they're in the foxhole together, man. Um, it's it's weird travel. They were, like you said, they were out west, and then they went to Duquesne to Pittsburgh, and then came back. Now they're uh, at a really tough place to play in Moraga. That's scaring me a little. Uh, I gave St. Mary's a bunch for home here. Matt, I kind of like New Mexico State because I've just generally been impressed with, with how they've come together, gotten in their foxhole together with everything that's been happening around them uh, and, and really due to them. But uh, they've rallied. They've played pretty strong. And I'm sure you'll mention the importance of Anthony Roy and how much he matters against St. Mary's very compact defense. But they're very athletic. And can they do something similar to what New Mexico did? I, I kind of think so. I don't think they'll beat St. Mary's at St. Mary's, but I think they can keep it kind of close. Yeah, I looked at that matchup, and I also looked at the Hofstra matchup, where that, that one would, would go against New Mexico State, because I think there's a lot of similarities. Jordan Majeski wrote about this. Um, if you're going to rely on ISO ball to score in St. Mary's, you're not going to have success unless you have elite shot makers. And I think Anthony Roy would be a lovely addition. I like forgot he existed. He's had 20 points twice this year in like 22 minutes in each game. Um, just like a microwave shooter off the bench. That's the type of guy you'd like to have in this game. But I still took Mexico State. It's a terrible travel spot. I get all that. Um, they've clearly put to bed the whole off-the-court issues just based on the last two performances. Um, at least they have today. Maybe they crack. I don't know. I don't think they do, though. Um, it's a big number for St. Mary's coming off that big win at San Diego State. I like the Aggies, Mr. McKeon. The, the Mizzou Tiger Southwest with Pinson and Dejuan Gordon. <laughs> yeah, Dejuan Gordon. And hey, Pinson and in the chat, someone mentioned Deshondre Washington. They've been awesome. Washington's been awesome. awesome. They're Freak a huge talent. reason uh, New Mexico State's top five in the country in three-point percentage. You have to shoot against St. Mary's, man. They're tough to score on in the paint. They don't really allow much in the middle. So if New Mexico State can shoot enough, I think they can hang. I also tend to like double-digit dogs, provided the team is good against St. Mary's, because the possession count is so low. New Mexico State's defense is athletic. They're physical. They can probably muck it up here. I think the low possession count is in New Mexico State's favor. I didn't take a side here. I do lean towards the Aggies, though. One one quick note on Washington. He played for their coach higher at Northwest Florida State last year, won, uh, won a national championship. They're very familiar with each other. It makes sense 
that he's like immediately taken to yeah. it and been it's like the year. the shirts uh Macaulay thing in Indiana State kind yeah. of like the they coach point guard team up at any location works well. Yeah. I love the synergy you guys right there. Thank you. Next one, Ohio at Florida. Matt, Florida likes to crush teams if it can. Todd Golden is very aware where his net is at all times. He will try to boost it today if they can against Ohio. Are you worried they can't do that against a very well-coached team in, uh, with Jeff Bowles at the helm? I am. I took a little bit of 13, uh, 13 and a half. It's still there. It's just a big number. Like, Ohio's been great. They just got A.J. Brown, their freshman, a Greenland. He's been cooking. They've uh, they've filled gaps at point guard. Jalen Hunter's been awesome. I know everyone wants to look at what Mark Sears is doing at Alabama. Yeah, obviously, you're not going to replace Mark Sears with any one player, but Hunter's been a great fill in there. Dwight Wilson, the big roundhouse up front, has been really effective. I didn't think he'd ever be healthy, but it seems like he's kind of found his role there. Bull's just a good coach, man. I just think it's another example of a team that's well-coached, a little bit undervalued right now, possibly. And while Florida did um, put away two low majors in their last two games, Florida A&M's terrible. Um, Stetson's pretty good, but still, they're not as good as Ohio. I think they struggle to extend here. Yeah. Do we mention this is in Tampa? We have not yet. It's in Tampa, neutral court. Thank you, Jim. Obviously, Ah, Ohio has to travel. uh, In Mm -hmm. Florida, it's not that far of a drive. I did this drive this offseason with my father, who lives in Tampa, we went up to Gainesville and back uh, to visit. Yeah, Kai, I because of what you said about how motivated and aware the Florida staff is of yes. the the margin, the expected margin, how important it is for them to to blow out, considering how bad they've been this year and they have no good wins yet, not known in the top 130 for Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. They need margin. They need that stuff to look good. So I'm going to sit this one out, even though my number sort of shaded towards the Bobcats on the on the semi road here. Yeah, I have worries. For Ohio outside of the Florida angle trying to blow teams out. Bulls is a great coach, but this is not his most talented team. And they are off a very emotional last second win against Youngstown. Bulls drew up an awesome play I'll talk about on the podcast uh, later this afternoon. You can't beat Gator, the Gators in the glass. They're too big. Uh, and that worries me for Ohio. I also think Dwight Wilson probably gets in foul trouble. There's no answer for Colin Castleton here. I think Florida can kind of dominate. So I think it's a tough matchup. There's too much size, too many athletes uh, on Florida's side. I'm staying away. I hope Matt wins his little plus 13 bet, but I'm staying away. South Carolina at UAB finishes us off before more chat mob and best bets. Well, I almost took UAB. I'll spoil that right now. I almost took them. The spread's enormous, of course, but Jim, I think they can blow them out. They're more talented. Yeah, they just played a a pretty tough West Virginia team in the road. They're probably quite peeved that they were not able to take advantage of that opportunity. I think shot quality had them with the W, so they probably feel like they deserved a little better than what they came out with there. And South Carolina just isn't good. They don't have power conference athletes, and UAB does. Like You can look at this very objectively and say which one has a better roster. Outside of Gigi Jackson and I guess kind of Michi Johnson, those guys are power conference players, but UAB has like seven power conference players that came from power conference schools, so the spread makes sense, and they do play fast and pressure the kind of team that can blow out lesser opponents. So, yeah, Matt, I I lean towards UAB. I didn't get there on the number to, to bet it, but I don't think South Carolina is very good, and UAB is. I think South Carolina is better with Michi Johnson. I almost took South Carolina here, but the spot terrifies me. I, I think listening to Andy Kennedy in the post game with how frustrated he was at how they played, like UAB gave UAB gave the performance that no one really witnesses. Like the bad UAB is like bad shots, dumb turnovers, very disjointed basketball, and that was like that lend itself to the run that uh, West Virginia made in the second half. Uh, and he was like furious about it. I think they come out really angry tonight, like one to prove a point, which scares me. So I didn't bet South Carolina. I didn't think the number's too high, though, especially with Michi Johnson back. 
especially with, I'm not sure South Carolina's playing better, but they showed like there's, again, like that inflection point of leveling off last game. Yeah, I just, I don't believe in South Carolina. I, I think they're thir- they've dropped the third most spots in Kempom since preseason. Uh, they have a minus eight cover margin against the spread right now. So I wouldn't try to catch a knife that's falling through the air. The knife, it's another cruise control knife, Kai. The knife's kind of like know. tumbled now, down. It's just the, the game I think you're referring to is Georgetown, and they're another disaster all into yeah, themselves. Like, so great. UAB at Georgetown in overtime. Awesome. Yeah, fair. They're up. They're o- their offense is in shambles. UAB is long and quick. There's going to be turnovers. It's going to lead to transition. Yeah, I, I lean towards UAB here, even with the, the big spread. Chat mob part two, Jim, hit us. From the J-Man, right state at Akron, Kai, in-state battle in Ohio here. What do you got for us? I had a big, big gut lean to right state. Number came down too much. Plus seven, still leaning their way. I just don't think this team's very bad, and I have not been impressed by Akron whatsoever. Plus seven seems like way too many points. Yeah, I'm annoyed. Akron's on my, they're sitting in timeout for me right now. I'd say they got up by 28 against Jackson State at halftime and then blew minus 14 and won by 13. You jerks. I lean towards Wright State there as well, even without them being in timeout. Uh, Matthew from Daryl Turner. Do you have a take on the Tennessee Tech at Lipscomb total? I, I had a gut lean to the under, but, or a number, excuse me, number lean to the under, but Lipscomb's defense is horrific. So I don't want to bet that. The number seems high, doesn't it? This has been awesome, but it feels total really high to me. Or the side. You mean the side? The side, total. sorry. Yeah, oh, I have no total take. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm talking. The side. question was about the I don't totals. do totals. I don't do totals. Totals are stupid. <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's that's, that's all it. he's got for us. That's Great. It. I lean towards Kai, the you get... tech on the side. Boom. There's mine. Okay. Uh, how about EKU at NKU? Big battle of the Kentuckys. I, it's, it's tough because EKU wants to run, NKU plays zone. So kind of a stylistic clash there. I don't think Eastern Kentucky is a very good zone team. I think I looked that up. I did not. I was not impressed by their stats. It also kind of zone pretty much stops transition in its tracks if, if they get back. So I think NKU's got some matchup angles, but six and a half, seven, pretty big right now. I think from a team that in, in, in NKU that's not looked very good so far, uh, unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah. EKU won in overtime last year at home by thirteen. 13-point overtime win against NKU. Overtime. That was a way better EKU team. This one is super young. I think they struggle a lot with the zone. Uh, all right, next. Matthew from Corp. This is kind of technically a total question as well, but you can go side if you want to. Georgia Southern at more or is Moorhead State at Georgia Southern. Excuse me. Um, I took Moorhead Moneyline. And I looked at this number, Kai, we talked about this, like Georgia Southern, I loved preseason and they sucked. And so I made an adjustment and now I'm looking at this line they are minus five against Moore. I know Moore's not been very good, but like Georgia Southern, what they played a couple of good games. And so now they're good again. I'm not buying that, not buying it. Moorhead money line, baby. Yeah. Plus look, the, good game they, the good game they played was Wofford, a team that just as a, as a group sent Rain their ex- coach away. Right. They just, <laughs> uh, pitchfork mafia them out of the, out of yeah. the town. So, yeah. Uh, Kai, one of the grossest games you will find all season from Ryan oh A. LIU at Albany. Yeah, you guys actually getting in on the uh, the visiting Sharks? It touched nine, and boy, did I think about taking LIU. The reasoning is only this: Albany should not be favored by eight or nine against any team in the country. So I think there's value on the dog. I would not take Albany. Uh, does that mean LIU is going to cover? Absolutely not. But I think if you're going to lean one way or the other, I would take the points. Yeah, I, laying with laying almost ten with Albany feels masochistic right now. Um, 
Miami at Cincinnati is going to be coming in best bets in a second. So we'll save that. Matt Noah asking about Drexel at Seton Hall. Seton Hall obviously off a huge win at Rutgers. The massive, massive rivalry game. Ugly. Are they let down central against Drexel? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like Seton Hall. I've been bet up a little bit. I actually took an under here. It's my only total play of the day. So I do hate totals, but I will occasionally uh, throw it out there. You know, basically, it's a sacrificial offering to the gods so I can win on sides. So this is my sacrifice today. Kai took the under. I think both teams are just defensive, um, gross type teams. So that's my super nuanced handicap to this under. So you're going to hate this. I, I took the over small. <laughs> Why? Wow. Because I think there's shooting regression coming after that disgusting game okay. uh, against Rutgers. And they both dumb. play a little get faster totals. than you think. I don't know. Yeah, they did. The pace actually shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Um, all right. I believe that is it for chat mob. Um, Arkansas State, Southeast Missouri State. I, I like the over, by I the way. Ray Ray is well. mentioning that. Kai, you did too. Good. Yep. Tell me over. Because yeah. Simo scores a lot and the other guys are back in the lineup. There you go. I like Simo on the side. I lean that way. Why haven't I played that yet? Arkansas State State. You don't actually don't like it. Yeah, I do like it. Then play okay. it. I like when Matt has this. Baby. Why haven't I bet this? Huh. <laughs> uh, it's kind right. of a good. The show's got opportunity to make live, not live bets, but live on air show bets, pre flop yeah. bets. Makes you think a little bit more about right. the slate, Matthew. Yeah. Best bet time. I'll start us off. I'm going to check the number right now. I think it's 16 and a half because I'm taking Miami, Ohio. Oh my gosh, it's 15 and a half. All right, we'll take it. Plus 15 and a half against Cincinnati. Travis Steele owns Cincinnati. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. He was not a good coach at Xavier. That is a fact, but he owned the rivalry game, uh, the Crosstown shootout. Maybe that translates. It probably doesn't, but it's it's a good little factor in the background. Uh, Miami, Ohio's got Julian Lewis back. He's one of the best players. Also, Kamari Williams should be back today for Miami. We assume uh, he missed the first semester due to grades. They both should be two of their best players. So I think it's basically a way more talented Miami team than we've seen thus far. Hence, I'm on the Red Hawks. Matt's turn. Beach. Um, just too big. I think this game's close. That's it, Jim. I'm going with an under. Going back to I, I'm, I'm in a rut right now. Best bets wise, going to try to get back on the on the caboose here with, with an under. <laughs> SFA at Louisiana Tech. Uh, this number has dropped a bunch. It is down to 145. It opened around 149, but I still think it's it's worth taking. Both teams play a little slower than their overall tempo would indicate uh, offensively, and I think Louisiana Tech is going to come back with a much better defensive effort at home. They got blasted on the road at Wyoming, and uh, their their coach, Hester, is a big-time defensive mind. I think he's going to have them drilled and, and focused on that end. And SFA's got some guys out, no Jalen Jackson Posey, key guard, uh, they did get Latrell Jostle back. He's a little diminutive shooter type, which which you know does hurt the under a little bit. But I still think overall with the tempo and Louisiana Tech's focus on defense, it is worth wagering the under 145. That's it. Love it. Love it. Hey, guys, reminder, 130 live podcast, us three, hour, hour and a half talking basketball. If you can't find the three-man weave channel called Three Man Weave on YouTube, go to our Twitter at 3MW underscore CBB. We'll tweet out a link. Hopefully the live show works. Come in, chat it up. Thank you to Bet Rivers. Thank you to Field of 68. We're off tomorrow for this show. We are back on Friday at noon central. We'll see you then. Good luck with your bets tonight and on Thursday. Peace.